Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome into Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. Right off the top, I don't know that we've ever had a more tone-deaf, decrepit, dementia-laden failure of a president than what we have with Joe Biden right now. The stock market is presently, as I am speaking to you, down an incredible 1,100 points today. Down 1,100 points, that is right around 3.5% on the Dow. I think it's even worse on the S&P 500, unfortunately. And what is Joe Biden doing? It down almost 4% on the S&P 500. This is a massive, crazy, unprecedented to a large degree dive in the stock market. What is Joe Biden doing? He's celebrating his leadership of this country. He's arguing. The, by the way, the reason the stock market is down over 1,100 points is because 8.3% inflation was the registered number that hit this morning at about 8.30 a.m. Eastern. Gas is up 25.6% in the last year. Fuel oil up 68.8%. Electricity, up 15.8%. Groceries, 13.5%. Meat, poultry, and fish, 8.8%. Milk, 17%. Eggs, eggs are up nearly 40% in cost over the last year. Baby food, up 12.6%. Airline fares up 33.4%. All of that skyrocketing in cost. Do you know what the real average hourly earnings are? Down 2.8%. I tweeted that out for all of you to be able to see. Real wages have in fact fallen every month since Biden's $1.9 trillion stimulus passed. So if you're out there and you're working and you feel like, my goodness, I have less money today, I feel like, in my pocket than I did at this time last year or I did before Joe Biden was president, you are correct. You have had every single month a real default loss in your dollar's purchasing power because of Biden inflation that is at a 40-year high. Remarkably, Joe Biden is, as I am talking to you, celebrating how well his administration is handling inflation with a party, a party at the White House as the stock market is down 1,100 points as I am speaking to you, as we are dealing with 8.3% inflation and as everything Joe Biden touches continues to turn to crap. It is a level of tone-deaf gaslighting. 
and lying to all of you, the likes of which we have never seen on an economic basis in modern history in this country. Everything is awful, and the Biden administration is trying to sell to all of you that they're doing a good job and that the trillions of dollars in additional spending they have spent are in some way going to help with inflation. They even named a bill that most economists believe will actually increase inflation, the Inflation Reduction Act. They spent nearly $800 billion of yours and my money to increase, according to most economists, and at minimum have no impact on a bill they tried to call the Inflation uh, Reduction Act. It is a level of lying on an economic basis that we've never seen before by any administration. And it makes me feel as if we are truly living in George Orwell's 1984 where the government tells you what is actually true and the reality is it's false. You can see it in your own paychecks. You can see it in your own trips to the grocery store and what you're having to spend. Eggs! Eggs are up nearly 40%. It's crazy. It's absolute insanity. Joe Biden is the worst president in any of our lives, and he keeps trying to uh, hide that fact by refusing to accept responsibility for what he is creating. Okay, some positive. Uh, Well, first of all, let me talk about Monday Night Football last night. Uh, 64-yard field goal attempt would have been the second longest field goal to be made, I believe, in the history of the NFL. I feel bad for Bronco fans. I don't know how that's the choice. You just gave $200 million or whatever the heck it was to Russell Wilson to be your quarterback of the future. And on a fourth and five, you let the clock run all the way down and you refuse to allow him to try to get a first down. Now, there are a couple of things that happened before now. You fumbled twice at the one-yard line. A Really, Bronco fans, you gave away the game in many respects before that moment. But I don't understand how a 60-plus yard field goal is settled for to have a chance to win, okay? I, I just, I, it feels like coaching malpractice to me. Um, if you have to kick a 60-yard field goal because there's only five seconds left and you otherwise would not have any manner or method in which to win a game, I can understand how that would happen on the final play of the game. But to voluntarily make the choice to try a longer-than-60-yard field goal would have been the second-longest field goal ever made in an NFL game to try and win the football game feels like a really poor coaching decision to be made. And that's irrespective of who your quarterback is. But certainly when you have a top 10 in the NFL quarterback in Russell Wilson to take the ball out of his hands and put it on the foot of a kicker feels to me like a very poor decision was made there. And I would imagine the vast majority of you out there would agree with my analysis of the final game of the NFL's opening weekend. Monster audience, this is good news, biggest football audience of the year, 
in college sports. Over 10.5 million people watched Alabama play against Texas on Fox. We also had a monster Big Noon kickoff audience. Thank you to everybody out there who watches Big Noon on Fox. I'm a small part of that show. Uh, But to me, this is further evidence that ESPN has got a whale of a deal when it comes to SEC football. You are going to get Alabama, Texas frequently. You're going to get monster mammoth games on a regular basis that are going to rate like crazy because the SEC, I think, has expanded in a very smart way. The brands, whether you like them or not, of Texas and Oklahoma are incredible national brands and you are going to add that to already the best college football conference in the country and I think you're going to see a lot of monster numbers that are posted. I also think you have to give a lot of credit here to Mike Mulvihill at Fox who looked at the college football schedule and said, wait a minute, why are we never putting monster college football games on right at noon Eastern? By and large, you know how this would go. You'd have like three different good games all going head-to-head in primetime. And Mike Mulvihill, who is a genius when it comes to data analysts, he's a friend of mine at Fox Sports, he said, wait a minute. Why wouldn't we have monster games right at noon Eastern, just like we do all over the NFL by and large, right early kickoff games, so that we can take advantage of that window and avoid having to compete every game in the evening simultaneously head-to-head. And you know what the result has been? College football ratings overall have skyrocketed. Um, And that Ohio State-Michigan game, which will air at noon Eastern on Fox, will guarantee that that noon hour on Fox is going to be the most watched regular season college football window of the entire year. Every game is not going to do over 10.5 million viewers, certainly. But that uh, Michigan-Ohio State game to finish the year will be a monster. Uh, Certainly the Alabama game against Texas A&M on October 8th will do really well. And you add all these games up, and I love it because as a college football fan, hey, I want to be able to enjoy college football all day long. And a lot of times, you guys know this, you get geared up for college football and then there wasn't a good game on. I like to sit at home, frankly, be honest with you, and watch college football games all day long from about noon Eastern to midnight or beyond. And a lot of times there was not a good football game on in that noon window. The success of big noon kickoff on Fox has changed that. And Fox now, because of Mike Mulvihill's brilliance, has come in here and made the college football day that much better by putting on fantastic games in that window, including certainly the Texas-Alabama game, which ended up far closer than any of us would have expected. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. I'm Clay Travis, and Outkick the Show is going to keep right on rolling. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers 
to string trimmers and more. Right now, you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Now, number one team in college football. This is what we call a transition in the business. It's the Georgia Bulldogs. The most famous former Georgia Bulldog player of all time, Herschel Walker, according to the betting markets. You guys know that I love to look at betting markets, not just in college football and the NFL and every sport, but also when it comes to political odds. Right now, uh, Brian, uh, Brian Kemp has opened a massive lead over Stacey Abrams in Georgia. He is going to, right now, according to the odds markets, win very comfortably. He's all the way out to minus 700, Brian Kemp is, to beat Stacey Abrams. When that happens, I believe Herschel Walker is also going to beat the Reverend Raphael Warnock in Georgia. And the odds markets are starting to reflect what I've been telling you guys for a while, which is Herschel is going to win this election. The last three polls have had him in the lead. And now the odds markets have moved back to 50-50. Each, Herschel and Warnock, both minus 120. And I believe what is likely to happen here is that Herschel is going to win by three or four points over the Reverend Warnock in Georgia and that Brian Kemp is going to beat Stacey Abrams by seven or eight points. Now, everybody still needs to get out and vote. There's no voter suppression going on in Georgia. The data has reflected that far more people are voting and are engaged than ever before. That the Jim Crow 2.0 lie that was spread by Joe Biden and Stacey Abrams is not true. That when Stacey Abrams said she should move to some other state, she was wrong. Brian Kemp is going to win and Herschel Walker is going to win and the poll numbers are starting to reflect that that is true. Uh... Sad story here, kind of. I'm starting to think that Tom Brady and Giselle Bündchen may divorce over Brady deciding that he wanted to keep playing football. Now, you saw Brady and the Bucks go out and dominate Dak and uh, the Cowboys. Hopefully, some good news on Dak and he won't have to miss that many games. But Giselle gave a big interview talking about how she's done sacrificing effectively for Tom Brady's career. And it sounds like the reason why Brady had to leave training camp during the middle of training camp uh, was because his wife is furious at him for retiring and then deciding to come back and play in the NFL. And I don't know how this is going to play out. I'm far from an expert in any marriage, certainly not my own marriage, and certainly not when it comes to analyzing other people's marriages, but it feels like they may end up getting divorced over Brady deciding to come out of retirement and keep playing football at the age of 45. And if you watch the way that Brady is playing, it doesn't feel like this is going to be the last year that he plays. It feels like he may continue to play going forward. Uh, And so maybe Giselle is going to be so angry about this feeling as if Brady chose football over her and the family that she decides to end up getting divorced from him. 
I don't know how this is going to pan out, but Brady may have to choose and may have already made his choice that picking football in her mind over the family is unacceptable. This is uh, this is unfortunate. BYU, you guys know the USA Today called me a right-wing extremist for pointing out that this Duke volleyball player did not likely hear a racial slur at all. In fact, BYU on Friday released a full report proving from their perspective that there was no racial slur uttered by anyone. I did a show talking about this on Friday from Austin. Well, now even CNN, even CNN came out and said there was a rush to judgment and the media did not wait for the facts to come out and got this wrong. So my question, USA Today called me a right-wing extremist and said they would apologize if it was proven that there was no racial slur uttered. BYU has now proved that there was no racial slur uttered. One of two things might have happened. Charitably, best case scenario, this Duke volleyball player thought she heard a racial slur and it didn't actually happen. Uncharitably, she made it up for all of the attention She is Jussie Smollett and she wanted to be a victim and wanted this allegation to be true because she wanted all of the attention. I don't know which of these stories is true. If she made it up and she lied intentionally, she should be kicked out of school for violating the school honor code, period, okay? But we now know, at a minimum, this was Jussie Smollett on a volleyball court. This was a made up story that there is no corroborating evidence ever occurred other than a mistaken report, it appears, charitably, from this Duke volleyball player. So where's my apology, USA Today? You said I was a right-wing extremist. By name, you said I was a right-wing extremist in one of your editorials. Now that I have been proven correct, where is my apology, USA Today? You promised it. You owe it. I need to see it now. You losers in the editorial room owe me an apology. You were 100% wrong. I was 100% right. Where is my apology? Uh, Speaking of apologies, the mainstream media, as well as the FBI, and all of the 51 people who signed a letter saying the Hunter Biden laptop was uh, Russian disinformation, owe an apology to the American public. They were wrong. And huge percentages, unfortunately, of the American public still believe that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. Half of all Democrats believe a 100% lie that the laptop is Russian disinformation. Half of them. 27% of Republicans still believe that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. 47% of independents, 41% of the American public. This is what happens when direct lies are put out there by big tech, unholy uh, collusion with the Democrat Party, and all of those 51 signatories who put out a lie. There needs to be, since they love to fact check, a correction that is uttered and shared by everyone at Big Tech 
This laptop is 100% real. Everything on it is true. Now, there's certainly a lot of drug use. There's certainly a lot of whoring going on. Hunter Biden was a screwed up dude. But from a larger perspective, why this matters is it proves that Joe Biden was selling influence and benefiting off of that sold, uh, sold influence by his son, Hunter. Okay? The media should have to cover it. The media should have to cover all of the crimes that are proven on that laptop and should have to acknowledge to the 41% of the American public that still thinks that this is Russian disinformation, that that is factually inaccurate and it is, in fact, a lie. You know that Democrats are running scared from their woke, uh, losing, lunatic positions when John Fetterman is emblematic of what many of them are trying to do. Uh, The governor's candidate out in Arizona, Patty Murray in Washington, many of them are refusing to debate their contending opponents. John Fetterman is the worst of all, however, in Pennsylvania because he's recovering from a stroke. He can barely speak, and he's previously uh, defined himself as a Bernie Sanders supporter, and said basically everything that Bernie Sanders supports, I agree with. Well, even the Washington Post is now calling out John Fetterman and saying that he needs to be running in an election against uh, uh, Dr. Oz. He has to prove that he's healthy enough to be a senator for six years, and he needs to participate in multiple debates in order to prove that he is capable of actually serving as a senator. When the Washington Post is calling out a Democrat Senate contender in Pennsylvania, you know things are going poorly for John Fetterman. He is not capable of being a senator. He should resign for health reasons. If he's not going to resign for health reasons, then he should have to show up for multiple debates lasting multiple hours and prove that he can do the job of a senator. The Washington Post also called out the Fetterman campaign for lying about his health. Look, this guy almost died of a stroke in May. He's fortunate to still be alive. I hope he gets well. But trust me on this. If you are auditioning to be a six-year representative of the state of Pennsylvania, you need to demonstrate that you are healthy enough to do so. The fact that the Washington Post is now calling out John Fetterman's campaign over this issue is truth uh, uh, and proof of how consequential his health issues are and how left-wing his political beliefs are that everyone in Pennsylvania needs to see them. Uh, All right. I love all of you. I'm going to go finish uh, my show And uh, I am going, I mean, finish, write more on my book. I appreciate all of you hanging out with me. I got to go pick up one of my sons soon. And then I got a sixth grade football game to hit this uh, afternoon, evening. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. Gambling picks will be up tomorrow. Got to bounce back from a disappointing week two. Appreciate all of you consuming OutKick September on track to be the biggest and best month in the history of the program. This has been Outkick, the show.